Welcome to Vineyard 61's weekly podcast. We hope you'll be inspired, challenged, and encouraged by this week's speaker. For previous messages, go to our website, vineyard61.org, or subscribe via iTunes or SoundCloud. Christ is in us. Christ is through us for the sake of the world. We love that, love that video. Uh, believers of all nations and generations have always known it to be so, that Christ is in us and Christ is through us for the sake of the world. We have this God-honoring, life-stretching desire to see every area of our cities and our cultures infected with the goodness of God. We have this insatiable, even inescapable desire to see our friends, our families, our colleagues, our uh, our community experience the influence of God's generous hope. It may seem crazy, but I just want to say this. Changing the world is our family business. Changing the world is our family business. It's been passed down to us throughout the last 2,000 years. Jesus, he commissioned his disciples to go. They followed his lead and imparted this generous hope to every generation. We've inherited it. The baton of disciple-making is passed to us, and we then pass it to those that we make disciples of. First, if we go back 2,000 years, there were just 12. After Jesus ascended to heaven... Uh, this small motley crew of uh, women and men grew to about 120 by the, time, um, by the time Pentecost came. And on Pentecost, Peter preached a really simple message. And then the Holy Spirit had landed on them. And after that message, 3,000 people were added to them. By the end of the first century, there were an estimated half a million followers of Jesus. By the, by the end of the second century, that number had increased to around 100 million believers, followers of Jesus. Today, that number has grown to about 2 billion believers around the world. None of this growth would have been possible if Christians hadn't given away what had been given to them. If we hadn't have done that, we wouldn't be here now. If they hadn't been excited and supported of missions, if they hadn't prayed, Lord, send, Lord, the Lord of the harvest, send laborers out into the harvest field. You see, our family businesses, and will always be, we evangelize or we fossilize. It's in our, it's in our lineage. And so I wanted to give a vision of, uh, of V61 and, and just Viv and I, V61 in the future, and then ways you and I can be all in. My desire is to hopefully remind maybe one or two of you watching that in this moment of uncertainty, that we have this certain faith, this certain God that is, lies within us. It's the hope of the world. And uh, so we're looking at today, together all in. The book of Acts is what the early church did in terms of going all in. And at the beginning of lockdown, we looked at Acts as our model of what would it look like to be an Acts church where there was no needy persons among us. You see, the book of Acts just recorded what happens when there was an outbreak, when there was an outbreak of the Spirit of God at their time. 
And when, when, Peter, when Peter first preached, he preached from the book of Joel. And it said that the Holy Spirit will come on all people, men and women. And we've been living in an outbreak of the Holy Spirit ever since. So what can we learn from the book of Acts? As we begin to navigate this new season, this new term, what can we do to learn from their example? And if, you read, if you've ever read the book of Acts, hopefully, as most of us done, we've, we land on chapter 2. We hit chapter 2 and verse 42, and you just stop and you just say, flipping heck, wow. This is an unbelievable vision of a Christ-centered community. So let me read it to you. Um, in fact, let's just read it together. I think the words are going to come up on the screens. But just as a sign of uh, acknowledgement of the word of the Lord, why don't we all stand and let's read this out loud all together. I'm glad we're not on Zoom because this could be a quite an awkward reading this out, out aloud. Okay, Acts 2, 42 to 47. Uh, we're going to start in three, two, <laughs> Ooh, I'm on the wrong chapter. <laughs> We're going to start. Okay, three, two, one, go. They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to the fellowship, to the breaking of bread and to prayer. Everyone was filled with awe and many wonders and miraculous signs were done by the apostles. All the believers were together and had everything in common selling their possessions and goods. Each day they continued to meet together in the temple courts. They broke bread in their homes and ate together with glad and sincere hearts, praising God and enjoying the favour of all the people. And the Lord added to their number daily those who were being saved. Grab a seat. Grab a seat, everyone. Uh, I had a slightly different version to what I put on the slide. Forgive me. So as we look at, uh, as we look at that scripture, we see just daily additions, daily additions of salvation, of community, of life. Like this isn't just some incremental growth. This is Pentecost. 3,000 people come to faith. The next sermon, 5,000 people come to faith. And every day, people are joining in. This is, there was this incredible pull towards Jesus and his Christ-centered community. Uh, and so during these last few months, uh, a number of people have joined our community. Again, not for anything special we've done, but it's all the Lord. All that the Lord has been doing in the lives of people during this time. And so we're now going to watch a story of, of Emma. Uh, she lives just around the corner from here. Uh, watch how she describes just this powerful story when she joined the church during lockdown. Emma shares a bit of her story, how she accepted Jesus and how the Holy Spirit has been drawing her close to, close to himself. Let's take a look at Emma's story now. Isn't that great? Um, she also just describes how 
the Holy Spirit just met her in her room and how he visited her and how he, he's renewed her. And I, I just wanted to pray for, just for individuals who are watching today, just that the Holy Spirit can visit you. When I, when I first found Jesus, some guy came up to me during, during a meeting and said, go into your room, shut the door and lie in your bed and just allow the, the Holy Spirit to come upon you. And I remember coming, coming home and I opened my door and it was like this oven, opening up a hot oven, this heat just hit me. And uh, as I lay, lay on the, I lay in my bed for, well, I don't know how long, hours, just the Holy Spirit just was just filling me again. And I, I just really believe that that's uh, an opportunity now for some of you just to be filled with the Holy Spirit. So, so come Holy Spirit, wherever you are right now, Come Holy Spirit, maybe some of you even watching as you've just sort of woken up on your bed, just come Holy Spirit to those, uh, you feel them right now. I pray for fire to come into rooms and homes. I thank you for Emma's story and her testimony about how God pursued her. And I just release uh, the pursuing love of God into many, many homes, many rooms right now. Praise Holy Spirit. 2,000 years ago, they prayed, come Holy Spirit. Those motley crew of women and men were just in the upper room and they just said, come Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit landed upon them like tongues of fire. I just release the fire right now into homes, into hearts land upon people right now. I pray even now, just people be healed as the Holy Spirit lands upon you. Your mind will be restored and renewed. For some of you, I believe that God is positioning you in the right locations to get you ready, ready for him, ready to, uh, to pass on what God has given you. What we learn from the early church was that it was radical. It was breaking down the barriers at, uh, at a time and inviting everyone, anyone to come in, saying together we're all in. Together we're all in. And I just wanted to go back to that passage and just look, uh, look at the language that dominates right through the book of Acts. It was a community for all, but also more than that, it was a community that gave like a radical, all-in, committed, uh, pushing everything in. We're together all in. Let's go back to uh, the slide, and we'll just, I want to just pick up some of the language. Number one, they devoted themselves. Uh, this language of devotion isn't just some sort of dipping your toe in. It's like jumping straight in. I think we might have a slide. Slide three. Just wanted, yeah, great. Verse 42, they devoted themselves. This, and again, it's not just dipping your toe in. It's just jumping right in. Like to devote yourself is to make something your highest priority. And again, I want to encourage some people. Jesus is our highest priority. They devoted themselves to the teaching of the scriptures and to this community. Uh, let's have a look at verse 44. All the believers were together. 
They had everything in common. I just want to say it's like a vision of incredible generosity. And in verse 45, it says, they sold properties and possessions to give uh, to anyone who had need. Again, my grammar might be a little bit off, but who's the they? I ask my question, who are the, in that scripture, there's a lot of they's. Who's the they in the scriptures? In that, who, who sold all their properties and possessions? Was it like the Keenies? You know, every church has the Keenies. It has the kind of, the committed people, the really keen crowd. Was it just those committed few? Was it the leadership team? Or was it the people that are paid uh, to be a Christian, the staff team? Was it those committed people? Um, in verse 45, you get the answers. Read in verse 44, it says, all the believers. It says, all the believers. It wasn't just the committed few. Like everyone, everyone was selling their possessions to give to those in need so they, they could eradicate poverty. This isn't just something new in the 21st century. This is something born in the heart of the church that those, those of us that can give are there to serve and to eradicate poverty in their midst. And that's our model in, in Acts. Uh, the, the Acts says they had no needy persons among them. They overcame poverty because of their radical, radical generosity. So they were a community that gave. And we've been seeing a tiny bit of this in our emergency compassion fund. Um, if you think the Acts were a motley crew of God-fearing women and men. This is us as well. We just want to serve and love people and respond to need. And just this community here, we've given over £50,000. Not to kind of pat ourselves on the back, how fantastic we are, but actually to respond to a need. People giving away cars, people giving away uh, finances and resources to help people in need in our community and beyond. Debts are being paid off. Tens of thousands of pounds are given to, to feed people, to pay people's rent and mortgage, utilities, just to provide some basic needs. Um, and I just want to say that I, I think we're at the start of something uh, really powerful for us as a community. I said right at the beginning of lockdown to maybe here and particularly to our team, we're in this long term. The church is the first to arrive and the last to leave. And I just want to encourage us again, if you do have resources to give to our emergency compassion fund, I really want to, um, as honouring as possible, to say please give because there are a number of people in our community and beyond who could do with some help. And we want to facilitate your giving with them receiving so that there are no needy persons among us. And so we're going to take a little break now just to have a pray and think about those people in our community that need. But also it might be that you want to respond and give generously. Um, you can go online, you can text, uh, you can um, uh, text to give. Uh, we're just going to take a couple of minutes, but also let's pray. Let's pray for our, our community and make sure that there are no needy, needy persons among us. So thank you, just thank you. Um, as I was saying, it's a community. Uh, the Acts model was a community that gave. In the next slide, I think slide four, uh, are just a few examples that I pulled out from the book of Acts. And again, we could be here all day uh, looking at Acts as a model of how they were together all in. Let's have a look at that. Chapter, chapter 1, verse 14. It says, They were 
they all joined together constantly in prayer, along with the women and Mary and the mother of Jesus and his brothers. They were all in. Acts 2 verse 1 says, when the day of Pentecost came, they were all together in one place. So when it comes to gathering, to opening themselves up to the Spirit of God, they were all in. Verse 44 says, all the believers were together and had everything in common. As I said earlier, so when it comes to hospitality, to generosity, they were all in. Last one, chapter 4, verse 32. All the believers were of one heart and mind. No one claimed any of their possessions was their own, but they sold everything they had. Uh, I could go, I did do slide after slide after slide, and I was like, I'm sort of over-egging the point. But you get the point. They were together, all in. And so at the beginning of this term, we're going back. We're reminding ourselves of what the book of Acts is, was like and what it's going to be, what's going to, it's going to look like to be an Acts church in the middle of a pandemic. So lots of our norms of doing church has changed, has absolutely changed. Church, six months ago, there's now a fault line that we can't go back to. There is a new model. It's not we have to find a normal, because I don't think there's going to be normal for a while, but there's going to be new norms of how we do church. Our future Sunday gatherings will be changing a bit. Already here, it's going to be changing a bit. The way we do sung worship online and in person will change. The way we minister to one another. So I, I miss going out and praying for people, healing on the street, laying my hands on people. But we're trying to find new ways of seeing this Jesus who heals release healing. And we're absolutely still seeing that. Our Zoom healing, we're seeing some powerful healings and people being ministered to. We don't have to do ministry the way we've done things back uh, previously to the fault line. But we're going to have to find ways of how, we do, how do we do ministry to one another how do we do small groups to one another when, for many of us, we're on Zoom all day, we're, on, we're virtually meeting all day, to then virtually meet with other small groups in the evening? We're going to have to find ways of doing small groups together. The way we serve our city, the way we, we've been running projects and programs and compassion hubs, but the way we serve our city in the future will have to change. At the beginning of lockdown, you, for some of you who, who are here, you remember us saying, our methods will change, but our mission remains the same. You see, God's word is the same. It's the same. That hasn't changed. His love is the same. His love hasn't changed. As we've seen with Emma, the way he moves people, the way he restores people, that hasn't changed. His power is the same. We're just finding new ways to share it and to pass that baton of power and love and fire onto, onto people. Number one, things that we are going to do, we're, we're not going to stop meeting together. Hebrews commends us and commands us, do not stop meeting together. But we may not be able to meet together in the temple or even in the library at Battersea. And here at the URC, we can only meet, I think we've got 33 chairs that we can meet. But we still want to get together, find ways, whether it is online, whether it is on Zoom, whether it is socially distanced picnics, whether it is worship in the parks and pray it doesn't rain. Even though we might be tired of Zoom, it's incredible that we've got this technology can you imagine 15 or 20 years ago what would have happened? But we've got this technology to not stop meeting together. We can still meet together. 
And we've been blessed by an amazing, amazing team of worship, uh, leaders, musicians, who have served us fantastically during the live stream and the last five years. We're going to be just exercising different muscles and looking to God to give him our affection in different ways. Uh, in, a, in a live meeting, one professional singer is allowed to sing. The rest of us have to wear masks and not sing. We're going to have to find different ways of doing live worship. One of our highest values is sung worship. But we're excited that we might discover uh, this new forms of giving our adoration, our praise, our intimacy to, to our Father in the next coming weeks. So in response, we want to just take some steps out of going through the normals, not like, oh, can we just go back to normal? But intentionally with our words, with our time, and with other forms of worship to God. We want to explore in this season how we can bring all that's within us, the sacrifice of praise towards God. Many of us are finding Zoom worship difficult or live worship difficult. Many of us are finding watching someone lead worship on a screen reminds us, it triggers, it, we pattern match into entertainment or to watching and it becomes a passive state. We want to create worship that's active and so we want to respond. This Wednesday, we're having a gathered Zoom uh, for all the church to meet together. Thank you. Uh, this Tuesday, we can meet on Wednesday as well. This Tuesday, we're going to have a gathered uh, Zoom for the whole church to meet. Uh, we've creatively called it the All Church Meeting this Tuesday, um, where we're going to be describing how, where, when we're going to start meeting together and some of the changes we will be putting in place over the next coming weeks and months. So number one, we're not going to stop meeting together. Number two, as we've talked about already, we're going to continue to give. Give to our community, give to those in need. The church is still on focus with the same mission. Our methods have changed, but our mission stays the same. To be the church that makes a, a, an impact for our, our community. To be the best church for our community and beyond. Uh, your generosity enables us to, as a church, to carry on bringing life to people, carry on bringing life to our communities, carry on bringing life to transforming our city. Would you be all in with us? And number three, signs and wonders. I, I want to push us a little bit. There's an opportunity now for evangelism. Like I said before, if we, if we don't evangelize, we fo fossilize. There's an opportunity now for evangelism like never before. This is the season for evangelism. Obviously, every season is a season for evangelism. But if you look at research, most people are most open to the gospel at a time of personal crisis. In other words, they realize that they need saving. They realize that the things that they attach themselves to, the things that they, they grab onto, are just um, uh, secondary. They dissolve. The Bible says they dissolve, they fade away. Whether it's Netflix, whether it's YouTube, whether it's our phones, whether it's drinking, whether it's uh, smoking, whether it's uh, finding new forms of sexuality. But Jesus' word is, is true and it remains the same. They realise, we all realise that we need saving. We can't save ourselves by grabbing hold of different things. We just need God. We need God and his word. And I believe that what we're seeing now is a culture in crisis 
that there's an unbelievable openness to the gospel, unbelievable openness to Jesus. And we need to step up and proudly declare our faith, declare the certainty of faith, hold up the baton of our, of our faith and say, we are believers, we, we follow a Christ. Again, I, I tried not to mention coronavirus. Um, it's pressure and it's pull now can pull towards isolation, consumerism, to protect ourselves, to look after number one, the panic, the fear. Um, I still, when I walk, I still want to say hello to everyone that passes by. And I've noticed the last six months, people have got really, really defensive of anyone saying hello. But I'm still, I'm just going to say hello with a smile behind my mask or uh, just a, a hello, because at any opportunity, God, God may intervene and, and help that person connect with Jesus. So just, I really want to encourage you, just look at people in the eye, just give them a smile, say hello, let them know that there's friendly people out there. This pull that coronavirus has done is um, uh, just really, really uh, uh, could have an impact. And I've seen it in the church as well. I've seen it where, where people are uh, living with it. Can we pray for the sick? What can we do now? What can we do? Um, it can be easy for that mindset to sneak into to us and the church. But the vision we see uh, in Acts is totally, radically different to the world. Society teaches us to be consumers, but this passage that we just read teaches us to be givers, to go all in for his kingdom, to worship him with our whole selves, not to just go through the motions. It's important to recognise how countercultural that is. This is the upside down of the kingdom of God. So let's protect, let's look after the most vulnerable. Let's have faith. Uh, we believe one of our other values, I talked about worship, one of our other values is that everyone gets to play and everyone plays a significant part in furthering the kingdom of God. Uh, our rhythm since day one has been health and growth, health and growth, to enlarge, to stretch, to go deep. What would, and Viv and I, when we, first, when we first began, what would a New Testament church look like? Gathering around the presence of God, learning to follow the way of Jesus and his teaching, and bringing life to our city through compassion and evangelism and supernatural ways. From day one, we've kind of, uh, we're like the 155 bus. We've marked our destination and we've just gone, would you come on with us? Would you, would you come on with us on this great adventure? I don't think we'll be a church that ever holds back. Acts was all about growth and about community transformation. And our part is this. Let me just give you the last thing and then we'll, we'll pray. God desires, this week I just felt, God desires that you and I be communities of, and peoples of peace. And in the Old Testament, to pray, we prayed and we requested peace for our cities from God. Jeremiah 21, 29, it says, seek the peace and prosperity of the city, pray for it. Old Testament model was to pray, to seek New Testament adds another layer to that. We continue to pray, seek its welfare. New Testament, Jesus instructs us not to just pray for peace, but to release peace. In Matthew 10, he says, whatever city you enter, and he goes on, let, and this is interesting, let your peace come upon it. There's an expectation, I, I believe, 
um, that peace that rests upon us, that rests in us. Remember, I said Christ in us, Christ through us for the sake of the world. There's an expectation that we have a capacity to release peace. You see, we think of peace as serenity, mindfulness, tranquility, but biblical peace is all about transformation. The word shalom speaks of wholeness, goodness, reordering, repairing. May we, be, may we continue in this season not to be passive, hoping just to get through it, but expansive. Let's be an Isaiah 61, 61 church, releases of the captives, seeing people come restored in our community. May God take the broken, the poor, the lonely, the demonized, and he calls them, he calls you and I to be rebuilders, repairers of our city. Ordinary people with an extraordinary God creates a catalytic uh, release for our city. Um, uh, Reinhard Niebuhr, forgive me, I've hacked that name, a German uh, theologian based in America. Uh, you and I are familiar, you may not, we're not familiar with him, but we're familiar with his prayer. He says this, grant me the serenity to accept things I cannot change, courage to change things I can, and wisdom to know the difference. Many of us have heard that prayer, but let me read the rest of it. The prayer is living one day at a time, enjoying one moment at a time, accepting hardship as the pathway to peace, taking as he did this sinful world as it is, not as I would have it, trusting that he will make all things right if I surrender to his will, that I may be reasonably happy in this life and supremely happy with him forever in the next. Amen. So Jesus, would you fill us again with peace? Peace to not just bring us rest, but peace to bring transformation. We release the Prince of Peace uh, into homes and hearts right now. Thank you for listening to this week's podcast. Tune in next week for another life-giving message from one of our Vineyard 61 speakers.